the lesson and the things that were shared. Um, it fits well with what I wanted to share. Um, not uh, not so much the the work of salvation, but what led up to that. Um, So, I guess my desire is that <clears throat> as we go through this, that that our hearts can be drawn to God uh, in the the in in realizing the the forethought that went into uh, salvation and Him. Um, knowing us, providing for us in a very personal way. Um, I hope I can uh, present it in a way that that can be edifying to you and that God can be glorified. Um, so, <clears throat> the last sermon I had was on on creation, and um, immediately after that, um, I read a little, just a, a statement, um, which included before the foundation of the world. And so that's what I entitled this, Before the Foundation of the World. And, you know, we, the, the Bible starts with the verse, in the beginning God created heaven and earth. But what was before that? We know God existed before that. But was he at work before that time? Um, what was he doing, and um, what can we find? What can we learn, or what do we know about that that period? Um, I don't know that it was necessarily time, but that's the only way I know to refer to um, the time before creation. What was God doing at that time, and? Um, so that is the basis of the sermon. Um, hopefully we can bring in other aspects of, of God as well. Um, so <clears throat> we'll start with uh, the time of when God sent Moses to Egypt um, to deliver Israel from their bondage. Um, and Moses was concerned about you know, who am I going to tell Pharaoh that that has sent me? Um, and so God there identified himself to Moses as I am who I am. And um, so what all is contained in that and, and what do we take from it? Um, It's more than, well, my thought was it, it's more than just the thing of because I'm mom, you know, using that expression. I am who I am is way more than, than that, okay? Um, and I took this from, I believe, a Bible handbook. Um, that the, the, the statement that God identified himself with there to Moses is saying that I am what I have been, I am what I shall be, and I shall be what I am. So to me it is 
is an expression um, that God is from eternity past to eternity future. If we can comprehend that, or if that statement is proper, um, God has always been and will always be. And I think we just simply need to accept that in faith because I am not able to, you know, if, if I think of, of anything without a beginning, I just, I just can't actually comprehend that. So I think we just need to accept and believe that God has always been and will always be. Our God is immutably eternal. Jesus, when he was on earth, uh, told the people there that before Abraham was, I am. So um, what all is contained in that? I'm, I'm not sure, you know. Uh, but he also did make the statement that um, so much that he was with God before the foundation of the world. Um, so we believe they are one. It really doesn't matter. Um, we know that God is able to have his way and he is able to perform that which he has promised. Um, we're thankful for that. <clears throat> Okay, so if we, if we uh, go to Psalms, um, Psalm 90, first four verses, uh, this is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. Uh, there we find, um, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting, to everlasting, thou art God. Um, so, just evidence, um, scriptural truth that God, God was, God existed. Maybe I should say God is before the mountains were brought forth. Um, before the earth, the world was created or formed, it says, from everlasting to everlasting. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. So I'm not quite sure how that ties into that, uh, how, the, how verses 3 and 4 tie into one and two, um, but verse three, thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, return ye children of men. Um, what it says to me, I guess, is that um, he, God lets man choose. Um, he leaves him to his own destruction, um, but he calls them to return. God calls us to, to, um, to serve him, to live for him, to love him. Uh, but, you know, the choice is ours. So we see here that the scriptures teaches us that um, that God is before the foundation of the world. Um, so 
if we move on uh, in, into Ephesians, uh, other scriptures as well, uh, just looking for, for truths that, that uh, would declare to us what God was doing before he began with creation, um, before he created light. The first thing we read of, no, the first thing we read of is he created heaven and earth. Uh, so what was he doing before then? Ephesians 2, verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. <clears throat> this is not specifically saying that, that this was done before, the, before he created heaven and earth, but <clears throat> definitely before um, we could comprehend it or I believe it was actually from other scripture. I believe it was before the foundation of the world that that uh, God ordained that we should walk in in those good works in in uh, the the way that He has prescribed for man to live by. God created before heaven and earth. Or, God ordained before he created heaven and earth the way in which he would have his people to live. Second Timothy 1 uh, verses 8 to 10 Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner this is Paul speaking to Timothy but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So if we if we take this short phrase at a time, um, must be verse nine, uh, who hath saved us, okay? Well, if we back up, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. God, who saved who hath saved us, okay? We are not saved of ourselves. God who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. It's not what we have done, but, but God called us because he loves us. And he, he longs to have us with him and have us worship him. but not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus. That was given us before the world began. So God had established the, this plan, his, his way of redeeming us before he created the world. And I guess just thinking of that and, and realizing the, the almighty power of God in, in that he, he had this plan, you know, Christ was included in the plan that he devised even before he created the world. The, the, I think the, the suffering, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was all planned uh, before creation began. Um, 
And to think of that and, and realize how that that plan was put in place and then then he he gave Moses the the old law, which was a foreshadowing of the the end of that plan and, and what we know and live by today. It's just um, I don't know. I, it, it just fills me with a, a feeling of awe at how powerful, how how mighty God is, how all-knowing and and precise. And I don't know. I don't know how to express it, but um, it is precious, I guess, that that God so loved us that He, you know, He He prepared for us a way. Uh, Titus 1 the first four verses is more Um, Paul a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began but hath in due times manifested his word through preaching which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior so in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began so not only did he devise a plan he made a promise of eternal life for those that love him, those who um, call upon his name. We had it in our Sunday school lesson. Um, I forget the exact phrase or um, Verse 28, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So, like I said, he not only devised the plan, but he he promised eternal life for those that, that look for him. that believe in him, that accept, that accept the plan, um, salvation for all. The next one I have is taken from Revelation, and this is, a little hard for me to understand, Um, is speaking of the devil actually. Um, He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So... uh, I'm just not quite sure I can I can think of that in at least two different ways but I really think that what it is telling us that that God had planned from the foundation of the world that that 
Christ would be slain. Um, that is, is the best I can say. Um, but just another place where, where we see that um, the, the work of salvation uh, was was very intentional. God provided for us in a very intentional way. Um, and it was not, like if, if I set out to do something, um, I have a plan, but it doesn't always go as planned. And so I, I need to adjust my plans as I go. And I guess we can see that, that I guess we really don't know, but it would appear that God did change his plans as time went forth. Like, um, he, he caused the sun to stand still. Uh, he wanted to destroy the entire tribe of Israel and make of Moses a, a greater um, nation than Israel. Um, instances like that where, where God changed his plans but, but we see still that that uh, he, he provided for fallen man before man fell uh, we read in scripture today that uh, he answers before we call on him and we cannot, we cannot actually relate to that. Um, we, we, the best we can do is believe it and accept it in faith that before we call on God, he already answers. Okay, there's quite a bit in Ephesians and I thought I would read the first 10 verses of Ephesians 1 and uh, you might stand for that if you would Ephesians 1 first 10 verses <clears throat> Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us all in wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him so you may be seated <clears throat> So, um, building on the uh, verse four, the the statement there, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Um, salvation is is. Um, it, it depends on God. Um, we are not we are not saved of ourselves. We 
we don't even deserve it. Uh, it is given us. It's, it is God's gift to us, uh, to those to those who uh, seek him, who believe on his name. And there's various ways we can state that. Um, this is a, a beautiful expression of, of uh, God's salvation to us. Passage I just read. Um, deeper into the chapter, um, I guess this is a, a prayer that that Paul prayed for the Ephesians, or uh, he made he men, made mention of it as it were a prayer. Um, he says, having, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, containing ordinances, I think maybe I have, um, yeah, this is taken from chapter two in Ephesians. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments containing ordinances, the, the old law, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for habitation of God through the Spirit. So, um, just speaking of the um, the salvation that that God planned for us, um, the I think this is is speaking of the. Uh, Bringing, bringing together the, the um, like the Jews and the Gentiles possibly uh, to make in himself twain okay so if we start at the beginning having abolished in his flesh the enmity even the law of commandments containing ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace um, I'm not quite sure how that what that exactly relates to but um, if we continue that he might reconcile both unto God in, in one body by the cross um, it seems like I'm not sure but speaking of of receiving us through the reconciliation um, that is made possible through Christ's death on the cross um, He's removed the enmity that stood between us and God um, because of sin. Okay, so if we move on to um, uh, 
Well, verse 5, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Um, again, we do not deserve salvation. Um, we can't earn it. Um, it is it is according to the good pleasure of God's will um, that we can have salvation, that we can be redeemed and justified. And, and why, why is that? Um, if we think of the, the predestination part of it, um, I don't understand that as, as having predestinated certain people that, you know, from the foundation of the world that that you will go to heaven but I'm doomed to hell I don't think that's what the predestination is speaking of here but he predestinated that those who who believe in him those who accept his plan of salvation uh, those people are predestinated to life eternal. That's my take on that. Um, and, and why all that? Verse 6 then says, to, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Um, it, is, it is about um, the, uh, to the praise of the glory of God um, that that we can be redeemed, not because of our own merits, not because we deserve it or earned it, but to the praise of the glory of His grace. And um, we are accepted through the Beloved, through Christ. Um, and the sacrifice that he made for us. Um, I found in, in the Bible handbook um, a commentary on Ephesians 2, uh, the first 10 verses that I would like to share a portion of. Um, First, God reconciles individuals to himself as an act of grace. The body of Christ is being built up of unworthy, sinful people to be an everlasting demonstration of the kindness of God. When God's work in us is completed, we will, we will be creatures of unutterable bliss in a state of heavenly glory beyond anything we can now imagine. Okay, so if we digest that a little bit, the body of Christ is being built up of unworthy, sinful people. Okay, so we are called to be holy. But um, we are only made holy because we all are uh, of ourselves without salvation. We are that unworthy and sinful people. Okay, so Christ's body is being built up of people like this to be an everlasting demonstration of the kindness of God. <clears throat> so if we let that sink in, um, it, it humbles us and um, we can, 
can uh, realize God's love for us, his, his kindness to us. Okay, then it went, goes on to say, when God's work in us is completed, we will be creatures of unutterable bliss in a state of heavenly glory beyond anything we can now imagine. It will be God's work, not ours. And through the ages, heaven will never cease to resound with the glad hallelujahs from the grateful hearts of the redeemed. I like that thought. Um, you know, I had to think of the turkey barns. You know, there's just a, there's a perpetual gobbling coming out of there. Um, I don't know, does it stop at night or not, but during the day, it, it, you know, there's, there's just a constant sound coming from that. And that's kind of what it's, what this person thinks of um, when he says, um, through the ages, heaven will never cease to resound with the glad hallelujahs from the grateful hearts of the redeemed. <clears throat> And I think that gratefulness will be, be uh, expressing, um, you know, praise to God. It, it is about glorifying Him. Okay, so... Um, in all that we see that that uh, God has has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world so now as as being chosen before the world began um, we find that God claims us for his own he adopts us adopts us as a precious child and this at the pleasure of his will that he might be praised and glorified so first um, Peter 2 verses 9 to 12 but ye are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light Okay, so um, we are a chosen people and ask to show forth the praises of, of him who has called us from darkness into light, from sin into holiness, which in time past were not a people but are now the people of God, okay? So while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He called us. Okay, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We can apply that to ourselves. In time past, we had not obtained mercy, through Christ's redemption, we now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation, Okay, so just adding to that calling that we abstain from sin uh, so that that evildoers may by our good works glorify God. Revelation 17 um, speaking of the vision that 
John saw there. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but received power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords and King of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. So we can claim that. We are called and chosen and faithful. Sometimes we fail and are not faithful as we should be, but um, as we continue in Christ, we are faithful. <clears throat> in Acts, um, Paul and Barnabas, along with others, came to Jerusalem and shared with the church how God had worked through them, um, the acceptance, uh, you know, the apostles accepting the Gentiles as part of the church raised much disputing among them, and um, because of the the Pharisees that had. Um, that believed um, still wanted to command that these Gentiles that they were bringing in be circumcised. I think that was the basis of their disputings. And um, then Peter spoke to them. Um, I don't think I'll read that, but um, Peter made a speech to the crowd and, and then they gave audience to Paul and Barnabas tells us and then then James had his turn and, and this is what it says about James um, and after they had held their peace James answered saying men and brethren hearken unto me Simeon hath declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name, and to this agree the words of the prophets it is, as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore my sentence is that we trouble not them, which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollution of idols, from fornication, from things strangled, and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city then them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. <clears throat> I guess what stood out to me here is the, uh, verse 18. Known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. So nothing comes as a surprise and and all that from the beginning of the world. You know, God knew what was coming, what he was doing. Um, and just the, thinking about this, the, the situation with the apostles there, you know, they had a disagreement amongst them. Um, and they were disputing and they, they kind of couldn't get it settled, it seemed like. And, um, Peter had his say and
Paul and Barnabas spoke, and and, uh, and then James comes along and, and kind of has a conclusion of the matter, it seems like. And, you know, he, he acknowledged that um, You know, God knows. God knows all of these things. Um, the the thing of bringing the Gentiles into the into the church, um, known unto God, are all His works from the beginning of the world. Um, so don't trouble those Gentiles, but just write them and ask them that they um, that they turn away from the the ungodly things that or the the, it specifically names pollution of idols from fornication from from things strangled and from blood so practices that they had been doing and and that um, that is not acceptable it is not part of the holiness which God calls us to now Um, you know but don't trouble them with this thing of circumcision but ask them to live in holiness in simple words Romans 8 28 to 30 we know all things that work together for good to them that love God to them who are called, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, to be conformed to the image of his son. Okay, so earlier we had the, the thing of being predestinated to, to eternal life. Here it states it as being predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Um, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. So here we can see what God has in store for us, and um, we we realize that you know, it, it's not something new, but it was it was established um, before the world began. Um, so I would like to share one more um, passage from John 17. Um, this is is Jesus' prayer, uh, in which he prayed for us, and and I like to think of this. I, you know, that he prayed for me personally. Um, John 17, I'm not reading the entire prayer, but starting in verse 21, um, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made one, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovedst me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Um, 
here we see that that well Jesus own words uh, tell us that he was before um, the foundation of the world okay um, father I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world so not only does this prove to us that that God is before creation but it gives us also a glimpse of of Christ's desire to have us experience the fullness of him um, he was on earth and he he worked miracles and you know um, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration and a few of the disciples saw him there um, but but they did not see the the glory that was given him even before creation and and Christ wants us to see that he he desires for us to be with him and and to experience that that same glory which he experiences with the father Okay, I will leave it at that and open for comments or testimony, um, prayer requests or whatever you would care to share. <laughs>